Strategic Hype Podcast. I am your host, Andrea, and this show is here to help you get your yay back in life and business. I am a practical encourager here to give you real tools to tackle whatever is in your way and cheer you on. That is what I call strategic hype. Today's episode is all about getting inside entrepreneurship. I've had a lot of questions since I have launched my business, so I wanted to share some of the things that I have learned that were true, false, difficult, and easier than expected. So tune in if you've ever wanted to know what it's like to start your own business. Thank you for listening, friends. Um, Today's episode is going to hopefully help you if you're interested in starting a business and if you already own a business or do some freelancing or whatever, you're probably going to feel my pain as I share the hurdles that I overcame and the obstacles I learned from on the way. I am still very much on the journey, so I don't pretend to be an expert, but I do want to answer some questions that I've been hearing um, from people who want to know more about starting a business. And I want to say too at the beginning, my business is very much a product of other people helping me. And so that's part of what drives this episode. Uh, I've had so many amazing, phenomenal women and men really just come alongside me and say, what do you need? How can I help? This is what I did. This is what worked for me. And so I would, at the very beginning, just say, ask everyone you know everything they know. And the people in my community, in Oklahoma City, but in my personal friendship community, the people I've surrounded myself with and built relationships with, were so open-handed that I can't tell you how many times I was just overwhelmed at what I was learning from them. And nobody ever said, you know, I'm going to charge you a consulting fee for this. It was phenomenal. Um, I think there's a fine line. I, w- I always try to honor that and give back and be uh, customers of their business if possible. Um, but it's so important to to just ask for what you need. And so I started uh, Strategic Hype. I formed the LLC in January 2020. Um, before that, I was kind of talking with a friend of mine, Naoma, who owns um, Nuevo Studio, she did all my branding, my website, so if it looks awesome to you, which I think it does, um, man, make sure you check them out, but Naoma and I were talking about the podcast, and she was just such, she's, they do such good, strong branding um, through her design studio, so um, I was working on the podcast, she had been a guest on the podcast, and we were kind of talking through this, and and I was kind of at a point where I I felt like there was something else, I wanted to start a business, I wasn't sure what it was about, I didn't know how to do it, and so through many conversations over and over, and and just thinking through it, and and trial and error, I I realized um, that words are my superpower, communication is my superpower. I love hosting this podcast because it is part of what I love to do. I love to write. I love to speak. I love to read anything around words, right? I'm a nerd for a catchy song lyric. Don't even get me started. Um, If it's a clever lyric, man, I'm going to nerd out about it. So to me, words have always been just as poignant as a beautiful painting because they are the basis of all communication. 
um, or most of it. So I, I knew that I was a good writer. I always really, really enjoyed writing in high school and college. I was the one that would wait until maybe, uh, shoot, like the day before to write seven pages because I needed it to be difficult. I needed to I needed it to present a challenge, and doing it early was not challenging for me. So, um, and, and I just got really, really good grades, or I got high marks, as they would say, um, across the pond. But uh, I just loved writing, and so it was through a long process of the podcast was really the seed of it all. Um, and the podcast came out of just wanting to share some conversations that I had had with other women um, and make those available to other people. And it really has transformed into getting your yay back in life and business. So again, just like I'm sharing today about how I started my business, that's how we started the podcast is to start sharing on a platform where everyone had access um, and stop waiting for invitations and stop making excuses for what I wanted to do. So just make your way. Um, and, and I have this quote on my refrigerator. It says, when the wind will not serve, take to the oars. And that really is the epitome of the podcast and how that was born. Um, I was tired of waiting for invitations to speak. And I didn't want to be the person that's like, hey, can I speak at your event? Um, because having led so many events, it's easy to feel like you're drowning in those requests. And it's hard to know the heart behind them. So started the podcast and later on started just really realizing in my work through the nonprofit uh, fundraising world that writing was coming to the forefront of my career again. And I went to, so I'm a member of the Association of Fundraising Professionals. I went to the AFP Icon World Global Summit Conference something, uh, and I'm so grateful for my employer at the time for sending me because that was transformational. So I went to this conference and it clicked like suddenly, and it was intense. It was like five days of 10 hour days of just, this is how you do fundraising. This is how you uh, write for fundraising. And that conference I think was a huge uh, turning point for me because I started to understand and realize how great the need is for good writers and good communication. And I was like, oh, I get this, and I know I can do it. There was never a question for me, can I do it? It was just, how can I learn more about how to do it better? Um, and not to say that I was the greatest writer, but I knew I had a good foundation to start from. So uh, I started writing more and more, and I had several conversations with my employer and just said, hey, if there's a writing project, like, that's what I want. I want you know, at nonprofits and, you know, a lot of jobs, uh, you, your job description is one thing and then all of their assigned duties. Uh, but I really started to try to take on as many of the writing and communication roles as I could. And they really allowed me to do that. Everything from blogs to letters, donor communication, fundraising, Facebook, you name it, I was probably writing for it, video scripts. And uh, it, it just became something I, I knew I, I could be good at and I knew I could be better at. And so thankfully they invested in me and um, really allowed me to explore that space. Um, so in January 2020, I started to 
figure out, I, I, I started to feel better about like, you know, writing and communication. Like that's my superpower. And I actually originally started my company around the idea of communications and consulting for churches because my degree is in church leadership. And uh, I learned very quickly that churches, much like nonprofits, don't always have the budget um, for communication strategy that is not in-house. So that and for other reasons, but I, I really decided I was in a mastermind in, uh, I think it was 2020, and it was about halfway through the year. So I formed the LLC in 2020 in January. It was about May or June before I really started doing much of anything. And I was in a mastermind, and it was another one of those big aha moments. And I was in this mastermind with some freaking incredible women, um, Tiffany uh, at Toast Studio and Stacy of Luxury Magazine, Leslie at Leslie Herring Events, and uh, and it was through the Treasury at um, in Oklahoma City on Film Row. And I just remember sitting there, and Stacy at Luxury Magazine just said, "Well, why can't I hire you?" Why are you only trying to do this one small thing? And it went against the knowledge of what everybody tells you, right? Like niche down. But I wasn't having any clients. I was wanting, I had churches that kind of were wanting things for free or, you know, wanted to trade advertising, which was fine, but it it doesn't help you grow a business um, if there's no revenue. You can't grow a business without revenue. So I... Stacey asked me, she said, hey, why can't I hire you? Why don't you write for Luxury Magazine? And I was like, uh, just kidding. You can hire me. I will write for your magazine. And I started kind of doing some things on the side. Like I knew I was really good at LinkedIn, so I started making that an offering. I uh, did some webinars on that, sold some tickets, started writing on the side, and slowly over time developed the product that I sell now is called the Hype Kit. It started out as a values workshop. It went through several iterations over the past um, year. And all the things I'm doing now are not what I started out to do. Um, so I just got more and more clients slowly and that, that all happened as a result of just having built relationships in my community and serving others and their vision for really two years. I put a lot of time in 2018, 2019, uh, not promoting myself at all and just showing up and volunteering and serving and you guys need registration help. I can, I can check people into your meeting. I can go, I started going to every single event in Oklahoma city that was free and really just building relationships through servant, through service. And I didn't plan to start a business when I was serving the community, but, but now, the business I have is built on those relationships. It's built on service. And uh, I don't, I don't want to be, um, gosh, rude, but I don't, I don't ask for clients at this point much. I do sell hype kits online um, through my social channels, but really all the clients I have have come to me. And it's not because I'm awesome. It's because of relationship that I invested in without any ulterior motive. So um, in January of 2021, I was able to leave my job, 
because of just building up my client portfolio. Um, I had two what I would call retainer clients and then was doing projects on the side. And it felt amazing. My goal was to quit my job within one year of starting my own company. And I did that. I think I quit one week before the one year anniversary and it was phenomenal. Um, and not to say, you know, I'm out of here to my employer, but it was just, it was the right time. I knew it was the right time. They knew it was the right time. And, uh, just the service that I had invested really went ahead of me and paved the way. So it was, and just being in quarantine and not, not having anything else to do besides be alone with myself and my cat. And I could only walk around my apartment complex so many times before I started getting dizzy. I mean, I would see my therapist and that's the only person I would see for nine months. So it was very strange but I had that time in quarantine to invest into something and I kind of needed something, a project or somewhere to, to focus my passions. And so through that and through people in the community reaching out, I just was able to grow that business through the pandemic. And it's wild because the whole time I was surprised. I was surprised at my own self. I was like, I don't know how this is happening, but I'm going to just keep doing it doing what I know to do, which was not a lot, but just, again, ask questions and read a lot of books, listened to a million podcasts, and just really threw myself into it. And I think one thing I've learned about entrepreneurship is you have to be obsessive. And not obsessive in an unhealthy way, but you have to really want what you do to be all of your life. And one of the coolest ways I've learned this, and it's so nerdy, but I love it, is meeting with my business coach, Jansen. We would talk about finances, and we would talk about, like, well, what about taxes? What about this? What about this? And just learning how the government sees an LLC, um, a solo LLC, as me. I am the same person. It is one entity. It helped me stop trying to compartmentalize my life. And I think when, when I was working a 9-to-5, I got to this point where it was... I have my nine to five or an eight to five or an eight to 10 sometimes, you know, depending on the season. Um, but you, you have that part of your life and then everything else left over is your own. And so forming a business helped me to see that there's not really a separation and I love what I do. And so it doesn't feel like obsessive in a way that is gross. It feels obsessive in a way that I love it and I can't wait to get up and go to work every day. Um, so you have to be a little bit obsessive about what you do. Um, one question people ask me a lot is, you know, how did you know you wanted to start a business? And my answer is I did not know. Um, I just was never looking back now. I learned that I was never really satisfied at any company I worked at, no matter how good of a job it was or a great company there was always a level for me where I was just not satisfied because one of my greatest strengths in life is to use strategy as a weapon against chaos. And I always wanted to bring more structure and I wanted to move faster and I wanted to make big changes that would have lasting outcomes on how we did the business and not just the customers or the people on the other side of, of the business. And I just could never 
do that. I was never in a position of responsibility enough to do it, or I got pushback, or the you know big organizations cannot be nimble like a solopreneur can be. So looking back, I think that dissatisfaction that to me, I would never call it disruption, but to a, a, many companies I worked for, they probably would call it disruption. Um, but for me, it was dissatisfaction and obsessive desire to use strategy to bring order, to uh, just make things better. That's, that's just something I always see. I always look at, it doesn't matter if it's a house, it's an, if it's an outfit, if it's my car, how can I make this better? And you know, the last car I drove was like a 2005. I got it, had a tape deck in it. And I'm like, how can I make this the best it can be without, you know, buying a new car? And so I would just do everything I could to make every part of life function at its best. And that's just something I'm good at. That's the strategic. And that's just not something that's welcome in a lot of businesses. And if you work at a huge corporation, um, I've worked at many national corporations and international corporations. So it's it's like you, you can't do that because you're just the person that's punching the register or, you know, doing the day-to-day thing. Um, and I think, too, now looking back, it is really freeing to be able to just do one thing. Um, at nonprofits, uh, my last job was a nonprofit, you do, you do have all other assigned duties. And I think I, there was a lot of tension in my last year and I had a lot of discussions with my employer and my supervisors, you know, what is my job? And I could never really get the clarity I craved on that. And, you know, I had this epiphany a couple days ago. I was working on some web copy for a client and I'm sending them my notes. It was a video, I was sending a loom. And, and I said, you know, hey, you know, you guys said you want to do this. That's not copy. You can handle it. And in that moment, I felt wildly liberated to not have to be responsible for everything going on that webpage. It was, that's not copy. That's not my job. I don't have to think about it. And I just, it was overwhelming. And it was like a, it was a very fleeting moment, but man, it was so empowering. So having Having the room to focus on the things that I want to focus on, um, I think that's a huge driver for me. I want to write and I want to speak. And I really have always wanted to give the podcast the time and attention that I can afford to give it now, both in time, attention, and financially. Um, I, I can put more effort and more energy into making it what I want it to be. Um, and so just focusing on the things that I want to focus on and saying no to the things that I don't want to do um, has been outrageously empowering. And then the other reason I think that I started, I decided to start a business is I knew I would regret not trying. The opportunity was there and it was so apparent to me that it was a good time to try. Um, I will soon be 40 years old And so last year in 2020, I was thinking a lot about, and you know, I was in quarantine, so I was with my thoughts a lot with my therapist. And I was like, what, what do I want my life to look like in the next decade as I come upon this next birthday that's, that we, we think is so pivotal, like, what do I want my next phase of life to be like? What do I want that to look like? And I got 
just viciously just I, I got down to business I started savagely saying no to things that I did not find joy in that did not give me life and you know the pandemic cut out a lot of things anyway and so it's like starting from a clean slate I got to evaluate my life and say you know what what kind of life do I want to build and part of the answer to that question is I want the freedom to to pursue everything that I I want to pursue that I'm passionate about I want the freedom to pursue my passions um, without limit and I know myself I'm very driven and I will work harder for myself than I will for anybody else and so having that birthday on the horizon, I knew I wanted to at least give it a shot. I, and the other part of that is I'm not afraid of getting a job in retail and food service, an essential job. I will bag groceries at a grocery store. If I mess up, if I need money, I am not above that. I did it for years and years and years. And I believe I have enough skill to get hired somewhere else if I fall flat on my face. So why would I not try? Um, and so, you know, again, I never set out and said, I'm going to be a business owner one day. It's something that I, I happened upon. It was accidental. But the freedom that I have and the gratitude that is in my soul now because of just how set free I feel to be my own boss, to earn what I want, to set my own schedule, it just, it is the, it's the most addictive drug I think that there is. I, I would choose this drug over anything else. Um, and honestly, I'm overwhelmed every single day. And that's, that's not an exaggeration. I'm not saying every day, like, oh, every day it happens. Literally every single day, there is at least one moment that I am overwhelmed with gratitude for the ability to live the life that I want to live, to build the future I want to build, and it's just, it's overwhelming. Um, another question people ask are, you know, what expectations of business ownership for you were true? And what expectations did you have coming in that were not true? I think for me, the expectation of, of all of them were wrong. <laughs> Almost all of them were wrong. Um, I think the freedom, I expected there to be a new level of freedom, but it's better than I could have imagined. And I'm just now, so I, I started my business in 2020. I quit in 20, my job in 2021. I've been only self-employed for only a couple of months, so I'm still very new to this. Again, I'm not saying I have all the answers or I'm, I, I know it all, but I will say, like, I am still just now after two months on my own as my own boss, I am just now getting to the point where I can sleep past like five or six in the morning because it was just that schedule that be but butts and seats by 8 a.m. Um, it was so ingrained to me. And so I was still doing that. I was still like February, I was still getting up at five or five thirty every day. And I did my robot routine and and now I do the same routine, but it's at whatever pace I want it to be at. And some days I'll read for an hour in the morning. Some days I'll read for two hours in the morning. Some days I'll read for 15 minutes in the morning. And so just the freedom to be flexible and go see my family or take a phone call during the day or run errands or not work. You know, there was a week where I was not feeling well and I just quit every day at two and took a nap for five days in a row. And I was like, this is 
astounding. Um, and it's sad that the corporate world really doesn't enable trust in the way that you have in your own self. But I think that was the one thing, that one expectation of business ownership that I found to be true, with that there's just a lot of freedom. Um, and it's better than I anticipated. Uh, most of the things that I thought about being a business owner were not true. Everything I, <laughs> everything I thought I knew was wrong. Um, here are some examples. Um, I think there's this mindset of a hustle and hard work and like you have to die to, to give birth to a business and that's absolutely not true. I had a lot of free time in uh, 2020 because of the pandemic but even then, I didn't spend every waking minute on the business or on the podcast. Um, it took more time, and I there were things I would have had to sacrifice out, you know, if we were still not having a pandemic. But I didn't have to die and work myself to death to start a business. You can do it at your own pace. I think what happens is people, this happened to me, you start to see that the capability is there and then the money starts to come in and you're like, oh, this is for real. And you just turn up the heat. You, you know, jump down on that gas pedal and you're like, let's do it. Because it's so empowering when you um, start earning. And for me, it allowed me to buy a house. Like just working even for one year, I... I don't think I've ever felt more empowered than when I just wrote a check for the uh, closing costs on my house that I earned on my own without my job, just from the work I did, from the business I started. And man, that's, that's addictive. But it's inspiring, it's motivating, but it is not, I did not have to, I did not have to hustle in, in the misuse of that word. Um, I do love the word hustle. But if you think about it, it's like hustle is something you do on the field. You don't do it. Nobody, no football player leaves the locker room and they're like hustling to the car and then they get to the car and they're like, I got to hustle DQ to get a freaking hot dog or whatever. And then I got to hustle home and I'm going to hustle the dishes and I'm going to hustle. Like nobody does that. That's not real. There is a time and a place for hustle um, and it's on the field. It's, um, it's in preparation so you can compete at your highest level. So hustle is not a bad word, but let's rein it in and use it in context. Um, another thing I think that I uh, imagined would be hard and was not hard was finding health insurance. Like to me, that was this huge, I think it's because my mom's in HR and I just thought that this was gonna be like this massive ordeal and I literally worked it up in my head where it was like oh no I've got to find I got to find health insurance and I'm I it took one phone call two phone calls in two hours and I was done and I was like oh I'm insured <laughs> it was so funny it was just like this huge thing that I had made a big deal about and this guy was like yeah here I'll walk you through I'll explain every single thing and what are your questions? I'm available. Ask me, email me, text me, call, whatever. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Now, I'm relatively healthy, so depending on pre-existing conditions, all that, you might have um, a little more difficulty. But honestly, 
I was like, wait, what? This is dumb? Paying taxes. Like, I was so wound up about money. I had, uh, you know, I have to make 10 grand in revenue every month before I can quit my job so I can pay my taxes, and that's just not true. <laughs> that's not true. Um, so it's just like a lot of, almost everything that I thought about starting a business was not true, and you just don't know till you try. Um, the administrative side is not as hard. It's just, it's a learning curve, and you will never know. And starting a business is something you can't understand until you do it. And you just have to have the guts to say, I know I'm good at the at the craft, right? Like this book, if you haven't read The E-Myth, you should re read it. But it's, you know that you have the skill and in your trade. So I'm a writer by trade. I know I have the skill to write. Now I have to just believe that I have the, I can learn the rest. I can learn how to send an invoice. I can learn whatever else. I, I can write a proposal. I can follow up an email. I can find my health insurance. I can pay my taxes, all that stuff. You just have to go for it. Um, and another thing that I think is really important too is um, you think about starting a business and there's something about in your head, I think, that when you say, I want to start a business, you just start asking everyone for their story and you keep trying to make your story fit their story and it just doesn't work that way. Um, I can't tell you how many times I would sit and talk to friends like Naoma and my friend Chris Fox um, Lauren Workentine, Bailey Gordon. I mean, we would we would we would go get drinks, or we would just, and I would just be like, I want to leave my job, and they're like, it's okay, you can. I feel that, and they would just gently walk me through, like, tell us how you're feeling, and they would just so graciously listen to me complain <laughs> about my life, and that weird overlap moment of, um, the business is growing, it's not growing enough to leave but you're also working full-time and you're tired. There is that um, moment of overlap, and I recommend the book Overlap by a guy named Sean. I don't remember his last name, but um, the the book Overlap is really good because he talks about how sometimes you know there is an overlap season for most of us, so just getting through that last season is the hardest. And I, I think for me, what one one thing that was really helpful is I finally came to the point where I was tired of whining. I was tired of complaining. And I just said, Andrea, you know what you need and you trust your gut, right? So I just started asking myself every day. I'd wake up and I would dread going into work and I'd just be like, you know what? Is today the day that I quit? No? Okay, then I'll just go. And I knew that one day I would ask that question and I would know that that day was coming. <clears throat> so you just have to be patient and don't compare your story to anyone else. You can learn from them, but you can't try to emulate someone else's exit strategy because it's just not going to be the same no matter what. Um, you're going to evolve, and I think working that overlap for a full year helped me to grow my business in a smart way. I went low and slow, so like I didn't rush into it. I didn't push it. I, I quit, I actually probably should have quit a month before I did, and I kind of waited, um, 
but the overlap was so good because your business always is going to evolve and the business you start on day one is not going to be the business you have on day 365. And so it's a good idea depending on your business. I mean, you know, none of us are the same, but give yourself the freedom to evolve because there's really no rules. And so what, like I thought I was going to be a church consultant and tell people how to write. And they're like, we don't want to write. We want you to do it for us. And we don't want to pay. We want to do trades, which I get. But again, I was trying to grow a business. And so finding your customer base, my customer base, my whole mission, my vision, my passion, everything changed. I accidentally invented a hype kit and it is now half my business is working on the, that one product. So you never know what will happen. So I think a long runway is not just good for building your brand and getting things going, but it's good for you as an owner to understand your business and see where it's going and what it's becoming before it runs out of control and you have the pressure of earning without the understanding of what your business is or what it's becoming. <clears throat> um, and I think too, a lot of a lot of questions I get are, you know, what do you do in the in-between? And that that's where all of my questions came in. Yeah, I had questions about like, what do, how do I get somebody to pay their invoice? And, you know, who do I, what if, what if I can't pay this bill? Or what if somebody doesn't give me their information? Or, you know, all the practical junk. But I, I did have a lot of questions in the in-between place. Like I said, I would ask Lauren and Bailey and Lauren and Bailey and Lauren and Bailey the most. But like, you know, Hannah at the Treasury, everybody was just so kind and listening and giving me advice. And so I say, if you want to start a business, even if you don't, man, just build relationships because everything good in your life is going to come through relationships. So no matter what, while you're in that overlap, or even if you have not even started your business yet, and you think that maybe someday you want to, you need to build relationships, serve the vision of someone else without a motive, without any intention except to just to bless their work and help blow it up. And that will serve you more than anything else you can do. Um, and then I think, too, I've, I've been having a lot of inquiries lately. People are like, how did you quit? I want to quit. I want to start a business. And, you know, my, my coach, Jansen, my business coach, who is amazing, we talk about this a lot. And, and I, I was talking to somebody else about it yesterday. It's like I think a lot of people use the word business entrepreneur, freelance, interchangeably, and I don't really think that they're the same. I think freelancing is one thing, and starting a business is a very different thing. Um, freelancer, like maybe you just want a side hustle, and that's what it is, and that's fine. There's no judgment, because I can't tell you what's best for your life, and you certainly don't know what's best for mine. You have to listen to your gut, you have to listen to your heart, and then you have to do some deep thinking, but I think a lot of people want to jump the gun and say, I want to start a business, and they start a business, they quit their job, and they do all this stuff, and then really what they really wanted was just a freelance, or they want a 1099 work, um, but they don't want to run a company. And so if you haven't started your business yet, I mean, that's a, that's a really good question to investigate um, within yourself. And, like, even starting a business, you know, do you want to be 
my business is just me, but I've already started hiring some outside help. Like shout out Rebecca Mills for um, producing my podcast. So like, how do I outsource the things I need? But you know, some businesses are partnerships. Some businesses are like my friend Naomi. She started a business and then built a company with employees and they do design and branding and like there's so many options there's so many different ways this could happen but you need to really have a clear idea of what you want to do and I think for me that was more innate I knew I wanted to work for myself by myself at least for a while but I have a very clear structure in my head of what I want in the future and everyone will tell you you got to scale, you got to scale, you got to scale. Well, you don't. You can have a small business and remain a small business. Scalability is important depending on the product, depending on uh, your revenue stream and what you want to make and what you want to earn. But it is not the most important thing. If you push yourself to scale a business that isn't made to scale or a product that can't scale or something that you're not happy doing and you do it just because everyone's telling you to scale up, that's not going to be good. You're going to end up miserable. You're not going to be happy. You're going to be angry. You're going to hate your product. You're going to hate what you do, and it's going to rob that joy out of your life. So ask yourself the hard questions like, what kind of business do I want? Do I want to freelance? Do I want a side hustle? Do I want this to be my full-time job? Do I want to start a company? What's my intent to start the company? For me, the long-term goal for me right now is I'm building a brand. I'm building my brand in the podcast. I'm building that through... My website, my social media, everything is shifted to be the strategic hype brand. I have a strong product that I sell. And long term, I want to write books and speak a lot more. And I want that to be the majority of my business. I don't want to do website copy in 15 years. But now, the website copy is something I'm good at. It serves a need and solves a problem for my customers. And it helps to promote my skill, earn an income while I work on the things that will next be the earners, right? So it's almost like that book, those speaking engagements, this podcast, that's almost the side hustle that will become the next stage of business. So you have to have an idea of kind of, you don't have to know everything, but you have to know what kind of business am I wanting to build? And if you're wanting to freelance, then by all means, don't start a business, just freelance. You do you. Nobody else can tell you what's best for you except for you. So if you listen to this whole thing and you think, yes, I really want to start a business or yes, I really want to freelance or I'm just interested in it because I may do it someday, maybe, maybe never. Here are some resources and things that I recommend. If you're already a business owner, you probably know all of these and I hope that you shout amen at your media player or your whatever, however you're listening to this. I hope you amen me. Um, but the first thing is get some books, man. Get some books. I'm a writer, so I read a lot. But regardless, uh, one book that has been helpful to me, Freelance and Business and Stuff. That's the name of it. Freelance and Business and Stuff, a guide for creatives. The E-Myth Revisited. Phenomenal. Um, gosh, I'm reading so many books. Uh, Essentialism, Business Made Simple. Read as much as you can 
and whether that's audiobook, whatever, get it in your brain, start learning. Uh, build relationships and ask one million freaking questions. Ask all entrepreneurs. I hired someone recently and I just said, hey, look, I know you just started your business. I don't know everything, but if you ever have a question, come to me first because I'll do my best to answer for free because <laughs> we all need help. And so many people did that for me. Um, I could do an hour-long podcast and name all the people that helped me get my business going, and I would still not name them all. So, uh, yeah, build relationships, ask a million questions. I would also say, like, freaking get a coach. Get a life coach. Get a business coach. If you want to start a business, if you own a business, I thought, oh, man, everybody's got a business coach. That sounds so bougie. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. It's like so necessary. Especially, listen to me. If you are a solopreneur, if you are an only only person in your business, you have you have to have a coach. That's not even a negotiable, okay? There are so many things that I'm really good at. Writing, talking, laughing, bad jokes. I'm not good at all the other things that it takes to write a biz- that to run a business. I'm decent at them, but I guarantee you within two weeks of starting your business, you're going to have a question you're not going to know the answer to. And having a coach is going to enable you to say, hey, what do you think about this proposal? What do you think about this price? Price is such a hard thing. Every business owner is going to tell you that price is hard. Unless you're selling a product with a specific markup percentage, your pricing is going to give you a headache at least 400 times. So... Man, get a coach. They're going to give you real-time feedback on all of the things you're wrestling with. And I think I am a huge proponent of this, and this is part of why I started the Hype Kit. The Every business owner is so focused on running their business that it's hard to see the forest for the trees. You can't look at the brush strokes and the big picture all at the same time. You can't be the model and paint the masterpiece all at once. So you have to have outside feedback. You have to have external sources that are going to give you honest opinions, thoughts, ideas, criticisms, and critiques. You're going to mess up. You're going to do something dumb. I've done something dumb. I've done a lot of dumb things, but I'm, I don't care. It, this is just, it's such a phenomenal empowering thing to be a business owner and I love it I'm obsessed with it I I will never quit mark my words maybe but um get a coach for sure get a coach um the next thing hang out with other entrepreneurs there's something weird about entrepreneurs where they like they're like magnets if you get two or three together they just start like everybody just clicks together they're always together. It's like they roam in packs. There's never one entrepreneur just wandering around the coffee shop. They're always together. So if you find one or two, you found a pack and just ingratiate yourself. Um, some friends of mine, uh, we started this thing recently where we, we toast our successes. So once a month, once every two months or so, we get together and we say, man, what are you winning at? And it has been it has been one of the most amazing highlights of my whole journey, right? Um, It's just so fun to hear other people winning. 
And, um, yeah, so I promise you, wherever you are, there are more entrepreneurs around. Just sniff them out. Find a coffee shop or a co-working space because they're, they're there. Um, and I would say, too, uh, in a lot of places, in a lot of cities, there are entrepreneur clubs. There are classes. There are whatever. There's always activities, even if they're virtual. Uh, I know in Oklahoma City, there's Council of Entrepreneurs. Um, the Treasury is a co-working space for women based in Film Row, downtown Oklahoma City. And that is, I'm telling you, the Treasury is like the reason I'm here today. Uh, just the ladies there, it's it's like a brain trust. That's what the girls say. Uh, it's it's a brain trust. You just walk in and, and you get so much feedback and real-time advice and everybody's rooting each other on. It's like having co-workers, but in a different like you make suits and I write copy, but we're coworkers and we're cheering each other on because there's no form of competition. It's fantastic. So find other entrepreneurs, hang out with them, ask them a million questions and just try and serve them as well. Um, look for classes. Uh, I know my friend Naomi, who I've mentioned several times already in this episode, she occasionally does how to start a business classes. Um, she just did a virtual one or is about to do one. And I went to that class early on, and I'm telling you, in a year, I was I was done. And I love Naomi's class because it's so practical. She's like, this is how you get your invoices paid, which is important. But um, it's just really practical, normal stuff. And I think what's amazing about Naomi's class is she's a branding expert. She's a designer. And she stood up and said... I think when we start a business, like we all think, okay, well, I have to have a logo and business cards and a website. And she, as a designer, got in front of the group and said, you don't need a logo, you don't need a website, and you don't need a design. You just need to get out there and a cl- you, you have to have a client. If you don't have a client, you don't have a business. And I was like, what? And she was so right. I went seven or eight months without having a website. And now that I waited to define my business and refine it, like, the website looks amazing. It's a better reflection of who I am because I took the time to figure out what I was doing. Um, So how to start a business class. And then finally, look up the small business association in your area. A lot of times you can just jump on a phone call with them and they'll give you free advice. It's amazing. Um, I did that, like, twice. And uh, you can email. They have classes. I went... um, Gosh, there's just so many, so many resources through the Small Business Association. You might also check out, I have not been to this, so I can't vouch for it, but I know the best, Better Business Bureau sometimes hold classes, but really, like, check out co-working spaces. They're all about pulling people into the space, getting them involved, getting them connected. Um, look up peer-led advisory groups, which is what the Council of Entrepreneurs is here in Oklahoma City, um, and just do some research. Find some Facebook groups. I hate Facebook, but I am in some Facebook groups, and occasionally I go into those groups and comment. But there's one like freelancing females and female CEO. I don't know. I'm making these up. But like find your tribe, find your people, find your group, find your groove, and just get after it. You can do it. If you want to start a business, you can. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're 12 years old. If you want to start a freaking business, go do it. Um, All it takes is like 120 bucks in Oklahoma. I don't know. It might be different. Um, But, man, if you have an idea, try. 
just try. Like, you'll never know how happy you could be until you give it a shot. I am happier and more fulfilled than I have ever been in my entire life. And I will never look back on 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 my past with with spite. Uh, it took all of my life to get me where I am now and all of the intricate things to get me to this place. However, I, I'm just so happy working for myself, working hard with a greater earning potential and just the freedom and the joy that comes from something you're building yourself is unmatched. So if you're at all interested, get out there, go do it punch today in the face. I want to hear about your business. Hit me up. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you can find me on social media at Strategic Hype. If you're interested in a hype kit that I've mentioned several times because everyone needs one. They work great for personal brands or for your business. It doesn't matter if you're a new business or an old business. We can help clarify your mission and communicate value through the hype kit. Hit me up at strategic-hype.com or email me at andrea at strategic-hype.com I cannot wait to hear from you. I want to know what your business success story is or your failure. Tell me. Let's talk about it. Let's be friends. Hit me up on social. Thanks for listening and I can't wait to see you.